The purpose of this podcast is to empower and inspire so that everyone can achieve beyond the potential they see in themselves. Welcome to the Highly Effective Band Room. episode 8, Building a Collaborative Music Department, Part 3, Common Vocabulary. Stick around and I'll tell you all about it. This is the third podcast in a series on developing a collaborative music department at your school. In my last posts, I addressed the importance of building trust as a foundation for a department collaboration. And secondly, I suggested that we need to inspire excellence in our colleagues or get that inspiration from our other department students to jumpstart the professional growth. If you've already accomplished these goals or have them in place at your school, then you're ready for another challenge. So today, I'm going to discuss the first place that our department began to have some of our first true meaningful collaborative discussions, common vocabulary. As our department grew more trusting of one another, we began to notice that students that moved from band to choir or from choir to orchestra or band to orchestra were struggling with some of the basic music literacy concepts. It was through these discussions that we began to realize that it wasn't a gap in knowledge, but an inconsistency in vocabulary that led to these perceived gaps in their music literacy knowledge. As musicians, I found that we tend to presume incompetence when we encounter new learners, and our department avoided this pitfall as we knew the quality of each performing group was excellent. Well, surely students had to know how to name lines and spaces on a staff or vocalize rhythms and even navigate their repertoire, right? So why were they failing on these literacy tasks when they switched music classes? So the trust that we had built as a department and the inspiration gained from one another allowed us to start these difficult conversations. So let's begin with some basic concepts that we needed to agree on so students could function in any of our music classes. These might seem simplistic, but think just for a minute about how a student could get confused if we didn't agree on what note meant. So wrong note can mean pitch, syllable, or rhythm. Communicating clear expectations is a necessary part of any highly effective class, but we're finding all sorts of issues with this in our music classes. So we've changed our language to say wrong note to indicate the same thing in any discipline. So wrong note alerts our performers to a rhythmical error, whereas wrong pitch indicates an alphabetical error, so to speak. In class this week, for example, I asked, is that curvy line connecting two notes a slur or a tie? And a student quickly responded with a tie. When I asked her to justify her answer, she said, well, it connects two of the same note. And I responded with, well, don't say note. A tie connects two notes of the same pitch. Note value can be different. So tie connects two notes of the same pitch not of the same note. This small clarification in vocabulary has made such a difference in our basic literacy. Have you ever realized that sometimes ties are always under the staff and slurs are always above the staff for some players? 
or sometimes it's the opposite. So I discovered that many of my students thought the direction of the curve is what alerted them to the difference between a slur and a tie, not whether or not they were connected to the same or different pitches. This was a huge revelation to me, and no wonder we struggled with ties and slurs. So a tie connects two notes of the same pitch, and a slur connects two or more notes of different pitches. So let's talk about pitch for a minute. Pitch is the term that we use to reference the alphabetical letter name of a note value. Solfege can be used in reference to the pitch name as well, especially in our choral classes, but pitch never refers to intonation. So students get confused if you say to them, hey, watch your pitch on that note. What they hear is I must have performed the wrong alphabetical letter pitch. I better check my key signature. When we should ask them to check their tuning or their intonation, which is a much more precise, clear instruction. Another area that we have debate on is dynamic levels. So I have two children now and they both learned in preschool that the opposite of loud is quiet and the opposite of hard is soft. Yet in my music class, I insist that soft is the opposite of loud. But I don't want students to play softly, I want them to play quietly. Now I am not going to convince every music scholar on the planet to change the description of piano to quiet but for the music students at our school, we have no confusion about the fact that dynamics affect volume, not style. By unifying our basic vocabulary on things such as pitch, note value, rhythm, dynamics, we create this common fundamental language where students who move from one discipline to another after a year of study can function as musically literate participants. With a common musical language, we ease the burden on the student and the teacher. Their new teacher can focus on teaching performance aspects rather than language or vocabulary. And the best part is, we assess our vocabulary skills the same way in band, choir, and orchestra in all three grades. If a student switches to band from choir, I have access to their music literacy assessment grades, and I can look at their results to gauge their proficiency. And by the way, we align on the expectations as well in band, choir, and orchestra, and more on that in a later post. So, your turn for action. What can you do? Number one, you can develop a list of core vocabulary, things that you think apply in all three disciplines in your school. Pitch is a perfect example. Rhythm, those are two things that we all have to be able to do. The third one that we suggest that you start with is repertoire. How do you navigate repertoire? All the skills and vocabulary terms that go into navigating repertoire successfully. Then step two is develop some common ways that you're gonna assess the kids on these items so that you hold the kids and the teacher accountable for this shared vocabulary. And then thirdly, support one another in this ongoing revision. Keep revising your vocabulary, keep revising your assessments to ensure that they're most effectively used. Can you think of a couple other examples besides pitch, rhythm, and dynamics that are applicable to all disciplines? And maybe start with some of those. And remember that for us, we think of universal vocabulary. So things that are 
usable in all band, choir, and orchestra classes. Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you want to learn more about my philosophies and beliefs on teaching and learning, visit my website, thehighlyeffectivebandroom.com, and be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Samuel Fritz. Good luck, have a great day, and keep building those light bulbs one glorious mistake at a time.